Hey, 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 what's up? It's your girl T and I am super excited to be here with you on this Monday. So if you've been following the podcast, you already know that we are celebrating Black History Month by honoring successful black women in business. Okay, trust me. This is something you don't want to miss out on because each and every episode, all of the different guests that we've like gathered together here are sharing different nuggets, different tips, different strategies that'll help you to lay the right foundation to be able to turn your lifestyle and business goals into reality. I'm telling you, if it wasn't gold, I wouldn't be sharing it with you. Okay. So without further ado, let's go. What's up? It's your girl T Forever, and you are now tuned into the How to Turn Your Goals into Reality podcast. I help purpose-driven goal-getters, leaders, and big dreamers who struggle with self-discipline and procrastination to take action on their big, crazy business and lifestyle goals, all so that you can live 100% in control of your life. So you know what I mean, right? Imagine a life where you have 100% control of your time, your income, your relationships, your environment, all that good stuff, right? So this is the place where you come to learn practical strategies that'll help you to turn your goals into reality in 90 days or less. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, what's up? Welcome to How to Turn Your Goals into Reality. It's your girl, T Forever, and I am super, super excited to be talking to or to be sharing my friend here with you on the podcast. So today you're going to be hearing from somebody who went from struggling to find her path in life to turning her passion into a business. Like she went from not knowing what she was supposed to be doing or not fully understanding her purpose to now creating a full-blown business out of the thing that she was predestined to do. Like, it's crazy. She's a retired lawyer. She hosted a radio show. She hosted a TV show. And she made an appearance on the national TV show, The Apprentice. Like, that's crazy. How many people do you know have been on The Apprentice? Like, this girl, she's unstoppable, okay? Now she's finally living, living her dream life and she's her own boss. She runs her business full-time and she's going to tell you all about how she was able to do that. So throughout her journey, she learned the mysterious balance of maintaining quality relationships while pursuing her ambitions. And guys, this, this is a really big deal because a lot of people come to me and they tell me, I, I don't know how to manage being a mom and running a full-time business. I don't know how to manage being a wife and running a full-time business. Like I can't have quality relationships and pursue my dreams. So like help a sister out, you know, and she's learned the balance. She's mastered it. So guys, like when I tell you this episode is fire. You're going to see by the end of this why, okay? We might have to get her back on this podcast later because honestly, the things that she's gone through and just the lessons that she's learned in life are so powerful that I know you guys are going to be asking for another episode. So without further ado, here is my friend, Roxanne Wilson. Girl, how are you? <laughs> I'm that introduction. How? I'm like on cloud nine. No <laughs> So I know everybody's probably wondering, like, what on earth is your business? And how did you know that this is what you were meant to be doing? Oh, you're going to laugh. Okay, so appellate lawyer. Now I um, actually train network marketers how to grow their business on Instagram. Crazy. How, <laughs> how did that happen? Oh, okay. Well, let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. <laughs> 
I wanted to be a lawyer from the time I was four years old. I wanted to be um, the first Black Supreme Court Justice of the United States and uh, a Black female, I should say, Black female. I, Sandra Day O'Connor was my hero. That's what I was going to do. So everything that I did from the time I was four all the way through when I left law was all preparing me for that. That's what I knew I was going to do. I told everyone that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine, I went to Baylor. I was in their prestigious pre-law program and went on to go to the University of Michigan and practice law there. I clerked for the Texas Supreme Court and, and then went on to work for an appellate firm in their, their appellate office. And I was doing that, doing all the things you're supposed to do when you want to be a Supreme mm-hmm. Court And I had this moment that, that hit me. And you can imagine Austin, uh, X amount of years ago, um, I'm <laughs> like all glass. Paul was the tallest building at the time. And they have something called the ROT or the, um, the ROT rally, which is the Republic of Texas Motorcycle Rally. And so once a year, all these motorcycles come in from all around the country, maybe even Canada, and <laughs> and they just roll around Austin, the capital of Texas, for an entire weekend. For the and, whole weekend? Oh, yes. They camp out. It's a thing. You just, and they like make all the parking spots just motorcycle parking spots. It's a thing. Wow. So, right? And so if you can imagine, I'm working. It's about it's 10, 11 at night. I'm working still on a Friday night. And I just hear this vroom, vroom, vroom down the streets of downtown. I look down and I'm like, wow, wow, they are so passionate about what they're doing. I mean, they've a motorcycle like for days to get here. Mm-hmm. I'm not passionate about this at all. Wow. Yeah. So in that moment, I got down on my knees. I prayed. And by the time I got up from my knees, I knew that I needed to be doing something different within the next three months. Don't ask me where the three came from. Yes. So fast forward to a week after that, I got a phone call telling me from the Baylor Alumni Association saying, hey, there's going to be auditions for The Apprentice in town and all business grads from Texas schools, they, the grads get to actually audition, but not have to stand in all the catacomb lines. You get, you're guaranteed to sit down with And so I, like, can you get the word out to the other grads? And I'm like, sure, because I did that kind of thing. And then I thought, wait a moment, Roxy. You said you're going to find something new in within three months. This is like staring you in the face. Yeah. Business degree. And you could, you've, you've watched the show. You know you could totally do that. So I thought. So I auditioned. One thing led to another. Next thing I know, I was packing my bags and headed to New York and living in Trump Tower for a few months. So that was, mm-hmm. that was the catalyst. Of course, that I did get fired on national TV, and that happened. And it was <laughs> yeah, and a challenging experience. It's so wonderful that led me to leading the law firm when the show was over and figuring it out. Now, if you can imagine, or if you've ever been in a profession like law, when you say you're going to leave and you're not leaving to be at another law firm, people think that you need to like you're certifiable. Something must be wrong with you. And so I had a lot of, are you okay? Mm. Which I'll tell you when you're going through it, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. I just know I need to move. I need to move. But it's terrifying. And I think we all go through that when someone knows they're not passionate about their job, they have a choice. You either stay in that job or you get out. And the sad thing to me is that most people stay in the job. Exactly. Because it's comfortable. It's safe. It's, It's easier. It's. I'm going to say it, what I call the slave mentality. Uh, 
anything better than this. Like, and if you really think about it, and the, it, the interesting thing is, I've seen that happen now in different walks and spots in my life, and I'm like, wow, that means that you don't trust that your higher power, your God, or your yourself even is able to have a life, you be provided life, or have a life that's better than this life that is sucking you dry in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm being dramatic, but it's real. It's true. And if you think about the fact that your job is somewhere that you are literally more hours of the day than you spend time with your family. Yeah. You might want to like that job because it all reflects. When you have a bad day at work, guess what? You come home and you put that all on your family. You don't mean to. And you're in a bad mood in the morning because you have to go back to that job. Right. It's right. no way to live. Exactly. That's crazy. I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to figure that out to figure out that you weren't passionate about it and you have to move on. But it's crazy. Like the timeline, you told yourself three months, you got to find something new. And then all of a sudden you're on The Apprentice and like you just got into so many different things there. I just want to dive in a little bit more on where you talked about people coming to you and they said, are you okay? Are you, are you like, you got that vibe kind of like people thought you were crazy for leaving this, you know, high corporate position that a lot of people desire, you know, and, and the power and the influence that you had there. Like, how did you make the transition from being influential there to moving out and doing your own thing without caring about what people think about you? <laughs> That's funny because I'm a middle child and I'm very much the pleaser. And so I don't know that I did it gracefully. But <laughs> I, it took a lot of soul searching. It took a lot of realizing who your friends are and who they aren't. And a lot of um, really believing, you know, I, I am, I told him, little child pleaser, but I always did what my family told me to do. Like, not that they, they, like, I always respected my parents when I asked them the question, they advice, they did it. Um, while they supported my decision to leave law, I also knew my parents are from Trinidad today. Education was everything. That's why they all <laughs> And I'm leaving. I don't have a plan. My parents are professors. You know where you're going. You go. You go to, to undergrad, then you go to get your master's, then, yeah. you go, then you go teach. So like the roadmap was there and I decided to do something with no roadmap. I knew that what I wanted to do was be a talk show host. That's what I knew I wanted to do. I had no idea how to get there. And that was at the time, that's what I thought I wanted to do and I needed to do it. Now, you know, my, I, well, we'll talk about that later, but, <laughs> but again, and I learned a lot of things. I mean, I, when you're that I'm going to say naive. And then you're out there and you're meeting people in the industry. You get lied to. And I'm like, oh, I believe you. And oh, I shouldn't believe that person. Mm. So I think it took its toll. I know it took its toll on me. And eventually I stopped talking about that dream to be a talk show host. because mm. I just So like I said, I don't know that it did gracefully, but I had to constantly tell myself, Roxanne, where would you be right now? You know, because the thing people say to you, T, is, well, you can always go back to law. That's okay. You can always go back to law. Yep. You have to say, if you know someone who's left a job or something and you're like, oh, it's okay, you don't have to go back. That is not, you mean it to be comforting? That is not comforting. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel, you know, with a side of rice. It makes you feel pretty. <laughs> and I heard that over and over, that and are you okay? Mm-hmm. And the fact is, I know that most of the people aren't happy being, I shouldn't say that because some people love practicing law. So I don't want to preclude a profession at all, but there are a lot of people who practice law that do not love it, but they, the golden handcuffs are keeping them there and you can fill in the blank of the profession. It doesn't have to be law per se, 
Right. And I do not regret going to law school. I do not regret my, my track. Um, I love law school. I love learning and debating and all those things. It's just my purpose was not that. Mm-hmm. Trust that it's not what you, what everyone else thinks you should be doing, but what you know in your heart of hearts is where you, what you should be doing. Yes, girl. Come on. So how do you still yourself enough to find out what that thing is that you should be doing? Because a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about purpose and identity and, you know, knowing, having a mission in life and knowing, you know, what you should be doing and what you're here for. But a lot of people still don't know what what their purpose is and what they're here for. So how did you figure out for yourself that this wasn't it and now you're in your lane? Right. Okay. So that's a really tricky question. I think the first is knowing yourself. And I think we mm. always, me now, I'm 40 right now. I know myself a lot better now than I did back then. Yeah. But you, sometimes that, that, that nativity is a good thing where I'm like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have my talk show. Yeah. And, that, and I wasn't even thinking, I believed it. But that helps you get past some of those humps. But I think to answer your question a little more deeply, is this, are you being your best self? If what you're doing is not your best self, if you're mm. like, I'm better than this, then it's time to move on. I was in a situation where I was seeing a lot of things that I just, I would, I'll be honest, I was a little judgmental about them. Things that like, I realized that my desire to have children had gone away because I was seeing people sacrifice to be the head or to be the big partner and their ch- children were calling their um their nanny mom. Right. I, I was in a situation where like, you know, that someone, some big partner was cheating on his wife. And then I have to be in an event and like, act like I, like it was normal. And I would be out as a single woman in Austin, like with my other single lawyer friends. And there would be partners who probably should have been, I mean, see, here's me judging. So I don't mean to hear that, but who did have <laughs> that were out with us. And so I got to a point where at first I'm like, well, that's not going to be me. Uh, and then I realized if you keep living in that society yeah. it, and it becomes you. So I had to ask myself, do I like who I am right now? Am I being my best self? And am I losing that best self? Mm. Yeah, come on. So come that, on. that was the, the catalyst for me, but it's different for everyone. But I think you, if you ask yourself, am I being my best self? And am I going towards becoming my best self or going away from it? And if you're going away from it, you, you got to move on. You have to believe that there's something better in life. And you also have to think about what's the worst that could happen. Mm-hmm. Worst that it could happen if I, if I left law, I can always go back to law. Um, but <laughs> and then you ask yourself, is the worst better or worse than where I am right now? Wow. That, that's a deep question. And a lot of people can't face that reality. Like, is the worst better than, than where I am right now? Or is it worse than where I am right now? Like, that's a deep question. Mm-hmm. But it's an important one. Definitely. Because you have to, because emotion and fear, that fear gets in the way. And fear is made up. That's mm. fear. Is, we, are, we are designed to be for ourselves safe. How many women will walk through a dark alley at night? I will tell you right now why. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not doing that. But we, that's like in life in general. You could even say that you have a goal to achieve something. Oh, that's my goal. 
I want to learn how to do that. Or I want to go on a trip to, you know, Italy, whatever it is. But if you, the reality is that your self is, your inner self is trying to keep you safe. And so that means that there's certain things that we just don't see. You ever think about it? Like they, they do that simulation sometimes where they have like a, a crime or something like occur in front of people. And they ask them all to read account the situation and everybody sees it differently, but they were standing right next to you. They're like, how is that possible? Yep. Because it's very powerful, which means that if our brain doesn't want us to see something, it's going to make sure we don't see something. But also if our brain wants us to see something, we're going to see something. So I say that to you go back to the fact that I had committed down on my knees that I was going to find something new in the next three months. Right. Yep. That phone call that I got a week later could have easily gone down the way of, sure, I'll let everybody know and not see that as an opportunity for me because I wasn't doing business in that moment. I didn't have my own company. I was a lawyer at a law firm. It really happened. But the, the thing is, I had that turning point where I committed to finding something new. And that is why I saw that as an opportunity. And that is why I went and did it. And the thing is, is that if you decide that you need to be doing something different, you and you really believe it, and I mean like believe it, write it down, put it in place, and say it every morning, like believe it, because you have to fight that inner self that's saying, oh, but what happens if you move on to something else? That's not going to work out, and oh my goodness, and your your friends are going to ask you what's wrong here, your family, mm-hmm. and so there are opportunities you are not going to see because your inner workings are trying to protect you from rejection or whatever it may be, whatever it may be. And so if you are constant about training yourself and asking yourself before you decide not to do something, wait a moment, is this thing that I'm trying to decide not to do, is going to this job interview or checking, going online and looking for new jobs or putting my resume out, is that going to get me closer to my goal of moving on? Or is that going to, or if I don't do it, is it going to keep me safe? Mm-hmm. If keep you safe, you got to go, I got to do it anyway. Mm. I've got to do it scary. Come on. Come on, man. So what I'm hearing you say is because you knew that where you were wasn't where you wanted to be and you had so much more potential that you weren't tapping into. You said, forget this comfort zone. Forget where I am. I'm going to just go and, and do it, even though I don't have a plan, even though nobody approves, even though I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go for it, whatever it is. Exactly. <laughs> my family was supportive. They were like, oh, what you're doing, but I'm supportive. But but there weren't many beyond that that were like, yeah. I had my close friends that were like, yeah, this is like something is deeply wrong with you. But I was resolved to it. And I think there's something beautiful about being, when was that, 24, 25 when I left? Because you're fearless. Yeah. You have to go back to when was I the most fearless? And I would just do things. I thought it was amazing. Right. Obviously, my 20s was a time where I just like, yeah. And so I just did it. And if I look back on it, I'm like, that was pretty ballsy, Roxanne. But (laughs) I was going to go do my thing. Yeah. Now, if I had been planning it more, I probably would have like saved up a bunch of money, like all of yeah. But again, it's like, are you a smart being? Can you get things done? Do you know? and, And now I can say, I know I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So if I need to make money, I'm going to make money. Now I stumbled and did all sorts of things. And we could go on like a year of the the year. (laughs) 
to find what it was. And what I realized probably, and like, I'm not going to act like it was all roses. It wasn't. There were times where I was like, what? I know I'm not doing law, but I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So let me try these things. Now I did radio. Why? Because I knew I wanted to be a talk show, but a talk show is, but um, I knew that I loved and I can look back up and see even more because everything you do in life prepares you for something you do in the future. Oh, that's so true. So true. So I can look back on the radio situation and tell you it was amazing working with wonderful people, but it prepared me because I was naturally someone who's expressive and emotive with my hands, with my facial expressions, the whole nine yards. I did radio and guess what? None of that matters in radio. Mm. You have the highs and lows, just like you too with the podcast. Like your intro was amazing because <laughs> highs and lows and that energy, people can feel that. Yeah. I had to learn that. And it was hard at first. Because I'm like, wait, I should be great at this. Oh, wait, you can't see me doing all these things? <laughs> like how you can see that and feel that. So that was, it was wonderful, wonderful um, training. And then I went on after that to be a host on a um, international shopping channel. Now, the irony of that is, and I said this over and over again to the CEO, I'm like, I am not a salesperson. He's like, you need to stop saying you're not a salesperson. Mm. I'm not. I just like to talk. And <laughs> really, I like to talk to people, I'm able to connect with people. There, you know, you get their messages back and forth. And I enjoyed it. And so I'm like, yeah, but I'm talking about a product, but I'm not a salesperson. He kept saying, stop saying that. Like, stop saying that. And I finally realized now, yeah, why did that's not even true? But here's what's interesting about that. I had to um, host for hours at a time with no script whatsoever. Wow. So no script, you know, a couple of the things, you know, about the product, like, you know, the product, but you are just going. And if a product is selling and there's lots of inventory and it's rocking, you might be on something for an hour and a half, the same item. Whoa. I can talk about something for an hour. I can have something for two hours and then and be excited and talk about something the next day. And so that right there, getting thousands of hours of, Ad living, that's totally preparing me for that totally preparing me in, in so many ways immensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I did direct sales. How funny is that? Uh, <laughs> I never thought it was something I would do, but it was the right time. I left the station. I was at a point where I was like, wow, people have had babies, multiple babies, have gotten divorced, married, remarried. My job. <laughs> step back and do direct sales. And I'll be honest, before I was pretty judgmental about the idea of like, I wouldn't even do that. Um, but I did. And that was also fantastic because it taught me so much about being an entrepreneur. And in the sense of like when you do a direct sales company, it's like business in the box. Um, it made me realize that I had all these business skills that I hadn't ever really used. And it made me go, wait, let me think with my brain. How can this work with what I've known, what I learned in business school, what I learned on being an MBA, what I learned um, in law? And so I tell you that because now I, like I said, I teach network marketers how to grow their business on Instagram. And yeah. it's so you're like, how does what does that do with being a talk show host? I mean, I have a podcast as well, but what does that have to do with being a talk show host, Roxanne? And what I realized is the thing that was so important to me, and I couldn't put my finger on it, 
was making an impact and a difference on people's lives. Come on, come on. And it's all connected. It's exactly what you said. Everything that you did led you to be able to do what you do. You know what I mean? And everything that you're doing now is, is leading you to your next step, you know? And, and then when you look back, it's like, that puzzle is perfect. That's exactly. Perfect. So now, not only am I training, and so I've created training curriculums, and I love that, and I train live, and, and I'm, like, I get off a live training call, whether it's a group or one-on-one, and I'm like, that was awesome, because I know I'm making a difference. And when they grow their business, and they do it in a way that is life-giving to them, yeah. and not where they feel like they have to be spammy, but I'm like, this is how you can do it and create your own brand. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. And there's no better person to be teaching them and leading them and like grooming them, preparing them, but you, because of everything that you've gone through and because of who you are, you know, and especially your heart for people, your heart to like bring out the best in them. You know what I'm saying? Because the way you see yourself is the way you see people. And I know that you see yourself as someone who doesn't have any limits, someone who anything is possible for, someone who, you know, is capable of impacting the world, you know? And because you see that about yourself, I know that your students are feeling that from you and you're, you're grooming them in the same way, you know? Thank you. That's huge. In so many ways. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot to me. And then you said something, you said that I know there's no limits. And it's funny because my word for this year is, and, and it was just in the shower. Yes. This morning, I'm like, should I change my word? Is endless. Wow. Um, maybe it's more like limitless. And so my definition for endless, I really think is limitless because I need to be reminded that not only are the possibilities and the potential endless for me, but I want my clients mm. to know that and believe that for them as well, too. Come on. Once, like, oh, this is so, honestly, I get so fired up about stuff like this because, like, what, who, who we are is who we attract. And when we believe these things about ourselves and about the world and about, like, money and business and, and time and all these different things, like, we naturally transfer that to the people who are around us, you know? Like, whether they're clients, friends, family, whoever, we just naturally transfer these ideas to them because we live it. We embody this message. You know what I'm saying? So I love that your word for the year is endless or limitless or whatever, however you define it. (laughs) And I love that you are like so free. Like, honestly, I didn't understand how much of a gift freedom was until I began to experience freedom for myself because a lot of us in the world are walking around wearing masks, pretending to be people we aren't, pretending to you know, be passionate about things that we're not and just just pretending, a whole bunch of pretending, living up to other people's expectations and all that kind of stuff. But like freedom is a true gift. And when we're free, we give other people permission to be free and to shine as bright as they want to shine without offending anybody or stepping on anybody's toes. Because the truth is there is no competition. Like we're all in our own lane. There's it's limitless. There, like there's abundance in the world. Nobody's stealing my abundance. No one's stealing your abundance. It's just abundant, you know? So I love that. I love, I love you. Like you're so free. Like, yeah, I honestly, I feel like we're sisters from like another world or something. Like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> So much, but you're right. I mean, you just took us to church right there, and I was right there with you. <laughs> Come on, 
Oh man. So even when you were talking, you touched on a bunch of questions that I had. So I'm not even going to dig into those. One of the questions that I had was how did you make the transition from being in corporate to starting your own business? Like, did you save up, you know, money and all that kind of stuff, but you didn't save any money. So what did that transition look like for you? Wow. Good question. So no, I did not save money. Um, wish I had. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. And that would have been really, I, I think that's here. Um, but <laughs> you got to leave, right? So you got to make that, that jump. What it looked for me is realizing, honestly, T, that I didn't need six figures to be happy. Mm. I was rocking great six figures, spending it on all sorts of things. Because what do you do when you're 25 and you're making money? Yeah. You guys, oh, I don't need all that money. Oh, I'm actually really happy. And I don't need all those things. So I'm not saying that I need I was like, let me budget because I was a 25 year old doing my thing. So it took me a while to realize that. <laughs> but I got to the point of realizing that, yeah, it was, it, you realize you don't need as much. Now I'll tell you, I, in some ways I feel like my thirties was what, like, if you, if you think about like, Oh, you're a lawyer. And then you run a TV show, you do all these things like up. And then I would say my thirties was a valley. It really was. It was a valley because, and I think now in 2020, it is a lot more acceptable to leave a job. Yeah. A profession, but realize this was when I was, this was a couple decades ago. Mm-hmm. Am I that old? So it's like, <laughs> I'm younger than Jayla, so I'm super young. Okay. So, no, girl, you're cute. I would have never guessed you were in your 40s. You cute. <laughs> but, um, so, like, then it was really not acceptable. Now I feel like people are doing it more. And so it's becoming more acceptable because when, because my parents, I mean, they're still, not, again, they love their job. So that's awesome. But my parents' generation is what I need to say. They have the same job or still do for a decade. Leaving, you don't leave. You got to get the whole watch. It says you've 40, 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Now, emails coming who are like, if I don't like a job, I'm getting out and I don't even want to wait two weeks notice. So that's not the right thing either. <laughs> At least they realize that you don't, that you can have, you can be a multifaceted. You can have, um, you can have several careers. My pastor back when I was in Austin said one day, you're a, he said, you're a nomad. You're a cultural nomad. I think that was, I think that was the adjective for it. And I was like, huh, okay, that's different because I was doing and reinventing and trying different things. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to do one thing your entire life. And then it's like, okay, now figure out what you're going to do. And you know, you want to do a talk show, but guess what? Oprah didn't call me and say, Roxanne. I <laughs> okay, so it's not that easy. Um, you have to go through a lot of things. You have to have a lot of experiences. And like I said, there were some that were low. Some were low financially. Some were low just like, okay, what am I going to do with my, like, where's my, I was a lawyer for good or bad, lawyer, right? And now I'm not a lawyer. So what am I? So after the whole, like, you're on the apprentice thing phase, then who are you? What are you doing? Like, and, and because the first question people ask after what your, what's your name is, what do you do? Come on. It's true. What do you do? And then all of a sudden they just put you in a box based on what you do. So you better answer that right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Back when I was a lawyer, the guys would be like, next. Excuse me? Are you a lawyer? Ugh. If I said I was a fitness instructor because I taught fitness, you're like, oh, hey. So you just never know. So, but I, who 
was I? Well, you know who I was? I was a child of God. Come on. And I realized that that was enough. That was enough. I am mm. That was enough. Um, so it was not always, it was not always easy. And there were some times where I was very, and Tucker, you don't even realize that maybe you're lonely, but like I said, you're, I, there were times where I was just so married to my job because that's what I had. That was my, like, my identity. Okay, I'm a host. So you find different identities and you wear different hats and they never, none of them ever felt right. Mm-hmm. And now it feels really right and really great. That's awesome. And you'll laugh. I'm going to tell you this. I haven't told anyone this, but I've done something now where I, since the beginning of the year, I write down, um, I have a gratitude journal. So I write down five things I'm, I'm thankful for. And then I write down 10 goals that I have. Okay. As, or, as in I've already accomplished them. Because if you already start thinking like you've accomplished them, you're more likely to accomplish them. Exactly. Do you know what number one is? What's number one? Yeah, well, I haven't told you yet. It's, I am working with Oprah on my talk show. Girl, come on. Come, that's fire. Well, and the thing is, the fact that I'm even saying that to you, when, for you, that's huge because for years, I didn't even talk about being like wanting to have a talk show, wanting to do that. Um, you know, Scott, he would say like, you'd be great at it. And I'm like, no, no, can't do that. Like, I stopped believing in myself doing that because I was like, what is my thing? Mm-hmm. I know that law wasn't it, but what is my thing? And so now I can happily write that, but be really so flippin' happy to be right where I am doing what I'm doing because I know it's making a difference. Yeah, it's so true. And I'm honestly so proud of you for believing in yourself enough to even declare that out loud to somebody else. Because it's easy to write it down and to, you know, put it away in your journal and to put it on your vision board or like, you know, have it in your house where, you know, people that you trust and know, people that know you and encourage you can see it and they can say, yeah, you're going to do that one day. But to come to somebody else and say, I'm going to, you know, do this huge, big, crazy thing, you know, it, that's, that takes courage and that takes really strong belief, you know? So I know it's going to happen for you because you believe it's going to happen for you. You know what I'm saying? I'll take that. Thank you. And I know, and I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to all of your podcast listeners too. So I want to yes, <laughs> Yes. Like that, that's bold. I'm telling you, see, I told you guys it was going to be fire. I told you guys, this girl is like on another level because nobody does this kind of stuff. Nobody is out there sharing. Their, everybody's afraid holding their goals like it's a baby and trying to hide it and like protect it from the world. But like you just declared it and now it's going to happen. Like we're going to see it happen, you know? And I'll be right there. You know, you'll come back on the podcast, tell us how you made it happen so we can all go out and do the same thing, you know? <laughs> well, to be honest, for the first, for the first episode, what are you talking about? <laughs> I love you, man. All right. So a few more questions that I have before you leave us, because I know you got a lot going on. We can't keep you here forever, although I would love to. One question is, what would you say to somebody right now who is struggling to get up and take action on their business or lifestyle goals. Move. Do even with a little something. Move. We want, I I actually really don't like the phrase um, that how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Because I'm like, why would I want to eat an elephant? That's disgusting. But <laughs> You know, think about your favorite food. How do you eat that? Like, how do you eat a pizza? One bite at a time. How do you eat ice cream? One bite at a time. So what we do, and we're all guilty of this, we look at where people are in life and we think, oh my goodness, they're so, we compare, we compare. And here's the thing. 
Think about it like an iceberg. When you sit there, I'll use Oprah's and Oprah example. You look at Oprah and you're like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Look at all she's done. She makes things so easy. You know how much work Oprah did to get where she was? Oh, come on. Iceberg, if you looked underneath, you would see that that iceberg and that iceberg is all the way, it goes all the way down. Yeah. We see this, uh, Lizzo is a great example. We see Lizzo like, oh, Lizzo just got so popular. She just won Oscar. She just, uh, Oscar, she's me, Grammy. And that happened overnight. Like she just was an overnight sensation. That song that made her popular was off, but she released it two years prior to it, anyone even hearing it. Wow. And hustled her and tussled her butt off to get to that point. Yeah. We, we see the third act. Yeah. And we think it, mm-hmm. And we think we are behind. And it's like, wait a moment. If you're starting right now, you're starting that journey. It's okay. So take one bite. If you're sitting there going, I can't, I don't know what to do, take one bite. And the way I would tell you to do it is this. What is your big dream? You know what it is. You know what it is. You not, may not be saying it, but you in your heart, it's that thing that makes you tickle. Like you just fell on a roller coaster. It's that thing that makes your heart beat. Your, your heart's going to be. What is it? If you don't want to say it, but I'd love for you to tell us. I'd love for you to email team, tell her in the habit. Yes, girl. We hold your tongue. What is that thing? And then what I want you to do is start right now thinking like like you've already achieved it. So you're going to step out in that light of that. So what's my point of that? If you know that your goal is to start a, let's say an Etsy business, okay? Well, then you need to start acting right now like you're an Etsy business owner. Okay, so what does that mean? How do you do that? Well, what would an Etsy business owner do? They would probably get a domain or they would get an Etsy account. Mm. Make one step towards it. That doesn't mean you have to declare it or like have all your things there, but do one thing. Maybe it's deciding you're going to go to a conference or a convention or an event so that you are living because you would do that if you were if you were the owner. Right. If you had that, so start thinking about what would I do right now if I've already if I was already there. Because here's the thing: if you start thinking right now like you're already there, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And just make one motion. You do not have to compare yourself to people you see that are doing well. And it's like someone's just killing it with her business. Yeah, she could, it took some time to get there. Exactly. It's so true. I was even listening to a sermon on Sunday, and the pastor was saying that a lot of times we compare our starting point with somebody else's fully grown, mature gift. You know, we think, oh, they're such a great communicator. Oprah is so great at you know, explaining things and connecting with people and all that stuff. And look at me. I I struggle to make friends. I struggle to, you know, get people to listen to my podcast. But like Oprah's gift is fully developed. You're just getting started, you know? So it's true. We can't be comparing our our journey to other people's finished product, you know, because they they went through their their learning experiences too. They had they had their hiccups, they have their scars, you know, their marks and and things to prove that they went through the journey. So it's it's our turn now. And you and it's so funny that you said, you know, I'm doing this podcast trying to get people to listen. And it's so funny to me because someone's listening right now to you and they're like, she's amazing. She has a podcast. Mm-hmm, exactly. All the while someone else is looking at your journey and going, Oh my gosh, she's hit the pinnacle. And you're like, <laughs> oh, you're <gonna> <laughs> it's so true. 
so oh. true. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that because the other day I posted on Instagram actually that, or maybe I didn't post it. I don't remember if I posted it or not, but I was going to post it. If it's not posted, y'all check my Instagram because it will be posted. But I was thinking to myself, a lot of times so people are like, we compare ourselves to people that are further along than us and that are doing the things that we want to do. But other people are comparing themselves to us. You know, they see us doing what we do and they're like, whoa, like, how, how is she so courageous? How is she doing that? Like, where does she find the time? Like, her life is busy. Oh, my gosh. She's, she's like this big, like, we are their celebrities. And then other people are our celebrities. You know what I mean? And like, I know this to be 100% true because when people reach out to me on Instagram and like, you know, send me emails and stuff, they're like, oh, my God, I'm talking to you. And I'm like, what? You know, like. Are you serious? <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, I respect it because I know where they're coming from. I, I look at people the way that they look at me. And like, it's just a cycle. And it, people look at them the way that they look at us. And like, it's just a cycle, you know? And we never realize it when we feel like we're at the bottom of that rung, but we're not at the bottom. And it's yeah. like a circle. So <laughs> what we can do is lift those people up people who are looking up to you, you lift them up and come on whatever advice or wisdom or encouragement that they need so that they can get to where you are faster than you to get there. Yes. Come on. Come on. I love that. I really do. And that's, that's where my heart is. I love community. I love like partnering with people to grow faster, to, you know, break down barriers and, and, and walls and just different things that get in the way of, progress. You know what I'm saying? And I do strongly believe that like we can all do whatever it is that we believe we can do and we will do it when we believe it, you know? So I'm, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. We, we gotta be helping each other, you know? And the wisdom we have is like, share that. You don't have the wisdom to hide under the bushel and just have it in your head. Right. Give that wisdom to others so they can become wise. But I'll tell you this, Mm-hmm. Had I gotten the talk show, and ironically, right when I left The Apprentice um, and and whatnot, there was an audition. Like Oprah was doing, like a have your own talk show on the O Network, and I wow. did a in a thing, and it was like Friday people vote, the whole nine yards. I didn't win, obviously, you know that by now. But here's the thing: if I had my own talk show back when I was 25, what the hell was I going to talk about? <laughs> now. A life experience that will actually like you sit there and you might be thinking oh she knows what you think because i lived that right so i think it's it's funny because that my time was not then mm. it was not then the other thing i want to say because we're just giving these little bubbles away something <laughs> back again right going through this this process um that's called life um <laughs> have you ever noticed and this hopefully will help people and give them some encouragement. I've never noticed, okay, there's certain people that like when they're in high school, they look like Kelly Kapowski and Zach Slater. Like they look like amazing and they're the queen and they're the, they're the um, student body president or they're the quarterback and they're like amazing. Mm-hmm. Some way in thinking about this, I realized, I would ask myself when things would come up, I'd say, Roxanne, is this your prom? Mm-hmm. Say this is not my prom. I would have the comfort of knowing this is, and the prom is in the sense. This, you ever, you ever see those people five years down the road, ten years down the road? You realize that their highlight 
was their senior year of high school. It didn't get. <laughs> I always sit there and I tell myself this too, just for like a reality check. When I did the apprentice, I said, "This is not your prom. This is not your prom." As in, like prom is the peak. You don't want to peak at prom because you got a lot of right, so right. If you're in a situation, or if you're trying to get something and you don't get it, or you're struggling, remind, remind yourself, "This is not my prom." Because then you're like, okay, my problem is coming and it's going to be awesome, but this party is not my problem. So I'll have a good time, but I look forward to my day. It's perfect. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's a good perspective to to keep through everything because in life, although we have these big, crazy dreams and we have a vision of where we're going, the journey isn't easy getting there, you know? And I'm not saying that it has to be hard and, and full of struggle and like hustle bustle the whole time either, you know? But it's not definitely not easy. It requires work. You know, you got to put in effort, right? So when you keep that perspective of my prom is coming, this is not this is not it. My prom is coming. My prom is coming. My prom is coming. You stay energized through the journey. Like it, it's kind of like food. It, it keeps you fueled to keep going, you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Well, this was fun. I'm so grateful that you took the time to spend time with us and give us, you know, the little, well, not even the little, the the great pieces of nuggets that you have. Um, We got to do this again. We definitely got to do this again. (laughs) I don't often talk about my journey. And so it's exciting to like just relive it and be, oh, you've come a long way, baby. So thank you for this. Oh, anytime. You can come back anytime. And I know that you guys got a lot from this episode. I want you guys to reach out to us and let us know. But before we get to that, you got to tell us, how can we stay in touch with you? I would love for you to stay in touch with me. You can find me um, on Instagram at Rocks Talks, R-O-X-T-A-L-K-S. Um, I also have a website, RoxanneWilson.com. And so I would love to connect with you. And so thank you for that opportunity to share that. Yeah, no problem. So you guys holla at Roxy and let her know. I just called you Roxy. That's how you know we we fam, girl. <laughs> but holla at Roxy. Let her know what your key takeaway takeaways were from this episode. Okay, I can tell you right now. She just dropped like some crazy. For me, my biggest takeaway was that I gotta start sharing my goals more. If I really believe in what I'm doing, if I really know that it's gonna happen then what am I afraid of? Why not just put it all out there? And who cares what everybody else thinks? Because I know it's going to happen, right? So message Roxy on Instagram. Let her know what your key takeaway was. Follow her, support her. And if you guys are into network marketing and you need, you know, and you're on um, Instagram, then this is the girl to work with because she is the master of network marketing through Instagram, okay? So holla at us. We love you. And thanks again for joining us this week. We will come to you with another episode soon. Ta-ta.